This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, it's Friday. It is the uh, 3rd of March 2023. Stephen with you today, along with Sean and special guest joining us today, Marka Flalo, as we talk all about Mobile World Congress this week. You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? I am gorgeous. Thank you, Stephen Scott. What day is it today? Is it is it Friday. It's the, uh, the it's the, uh, it's the third. It's the third. Congratulations. <laughs> well done, you. Yeah, I'm so good at this date-telling game. I, I don't you know are. how many times a week I screw this up, but I am... I will say this, I am consistent in being bad. You are, and it's beautifully done. Well done. If anyone can be, well, bad at it, it's you, sir. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I am brilliant at being awful. You haven't heard me do it yet, let's let's be fair. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Maybe you could, yeah, you could do the intros from now on. No, 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 you carry on. There's a reason why that couldn't happen. Uh, Listen, we do have a special guest with us. Normally we bring our special guests into the, well, we bring our guests into Mm. the second segment of the show. Special guests get to come up front. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's Marco Flalo. He's with us. Oh, hey. Hey. Oh, when did Flalo. I graduate to become a guest? I don't a know. Special guest. You're a not, special not, guest. Yeah, yeah. Not just a guest. A special. You're not missing the specialness, Mark. I used to be here quite frequently. Well, you're here once a week, which is kind of working itself out. Yeah, it? that's quite frequent enough. Is it though? Was I here last week? <laughs> no, you know, yeah, we weren't here last week. Oh dear. We what about the week before that? Well, that was because. And the week before that. Uh, he's, get, he's getting upset now. Sorry. I've missed you, Mark. It's I enjoy listen. I I enjoy the time off. My voice clearly needs a rest, as you can tell. <laughs> you sound um, you feel all right there. You got the cold I'm, again. I'm just fine. It's whatever. You know, a, a, this is what happens when you st- don't leave your house for three years during a global pandemic, and then suddenly start to travel and stuff. You just catch mm. everything because you're not immune to anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. saying that, I managed this week to get the cold for an afternoon, and then I went away again. Really? I'm fine. Yeah. Yesterday, I thought wow, I felt I rubbish. You. I felt rubbish yesterday. And then today, fine. Don't know what's going on. I Do I sound good enough to record a TV show? No. Yes. You, you think I should forego that? Yes. Maybe today? I think you should. Okay. Well, we'll do that for another day. But it's because off. you've got a scheduling conflict, isn't it? <laughs> there is that as well. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My schedule's always in conflict, usually with me. Uh, but yes, we're here today to talk all about Mobile World Congress. I want to get to that in a minute, though, because I want to continue a conversation we've been having this week, oh, Sean, no. around the subject of the Victor Reader stream and BBC content on there. <gasps> Controversial. So yes. I did get an email back from my contact at Humanware who Ooh. tells me uh, that uh, he will not be back until the 7th of March. So we're not going to hear anything anytime <laughs> soon. I say he's, he's told me this. That was his auto-reply. Yes. So, you know, good we'll, enough. we will hear back. Hopefully, I've, I've contacted a few other people. Hopefully, we will get a response. But I just wanted to let people know, especially our listener, Narina, who has been in touch with us this week regarding this, that we are chasing the story. We did get a comment, though, from Darren uh, via voicemail, who has some views on this. Hello, this is Darren Platts from Bexley in Kent. Um, responding to the item about the stream second gen and the fact that BBC may not be supported on there as far as the radio and podcasts are concerned. Now, I understand from that interview from Humanware that they were going to support the stream for another couple of years. Um, blind shell. The radio stations all work on the Blind Shell, whether it's the Blind Shell 2 or the Blind Shell Classic Original. So I don't really see why Humanware can't uh, support the radio stations for both the second and the third generation. After all, they're only internet streams. I agree with Sean. If, if that is the case and we don't get support for the radio on the stream second generation, and Humanware did say that they would support the stream second generation for a couple of years, then it's going to affect me as much as everybody else. So if that is the case, and I don't think it's very good. So I agree with you wholeheartedly, Sean. Um, blind Shell can do it, so I don't see why Humanware can't. Um, but if they are going to support it, then obviously there's not a problem. Until next time, thanks for the shows, and this is Darren saying bye for now, and thank you. Bye. 
It's an absolute disgrace, unless it's not an absolute disgrace, in which case I'm all for it. Yes, uh, and no, Sean was absolutely right. Well done. Thank you. It's an wow, awkward, that's disgraceful. Isn't it just awful? I think this is an interesting one because, look, the, the issue here is obviously around the content stream. And I think that when it comes to BBC Sounds on something like the Blind Show Classic, I don't know, but I am assuming I don't have a Blind Show Classic 2. I continually ask for a load of a Blind Show Classic <laughs> 2. Nope. I'm still waiting for it. Uh, really? Hopefully it'll come through. But, you know, I'd love to test this because what I'd like to know is, do they have the BBC Sounds app on there? Because if they do, then that is how the content is being delivered. Yes, I know there are other methods to get the BBC content. I but bear in mind, by the end of, I think, this month, the content will go from pretty much all these providers. So, you know, if you get BBC or via TuneIn or whatever it will be, all that is going away and you will only be able to get it through BBC Sounds. So it's important to realise that. So if it's available still on a device, that may change. So something like the Blind Shell may have access now, it may not long term. As for humanware, now, Darren, you mentioned support for, for you know, the, the second gen for a number of years. That is going to happen. You know, the support will continue. Humanware did say that on the show. But I think in terms of new content, what they also said was new content and new features will appear on the third generation. So it does sound like once the third gen comes out. (laughs) Would you class, uh, you know, keeping the playlist up to date, the streams up to date as a new feature? If if that's what they're doing. Yes, but what we don't know is how that content is being made available. If it's not being We are speculating until we hear back from humanware. You can't really say, but yes. Big questions on it, big questions. But yeah, so we'll we'll continue the conversation and of course we'll continue seeking out the information. But uh, so it goes on. And also Narina got back in touch to say as well, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. She said she doesn't have uh, an Echo in her house. She doesn't have an Amazon Echo. She just uses a (gasps) computer and she just uses her... Um, her uh, what was Victor it? Reader. The, Victor Reader, that's the one. Um, so she's not using a, an echo to listen, and she doesn't feel she should need to. Oh no, I'm not saying you the should. I'm just saying it is available still on the. It, it went away from TuneIn, which is the global provider, all the yeah. BBC stations, and you can still listen via BBC Sounds on the Echo smart speaker. Yeah, I think the bit that we people are forgetting to. is that that's going to go away. That's the bit that people don't seem to. You keep talking about these streams, but. They will wait, go wait, wait. away. No, no, it's not going to go away. No, 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 it's not. The BBC Sounds is its own separate provider now. That's right, but that's where all the content will be going. They are pulling all these streams down so that they can feed everything through this app. So if you yes. don't have the app, you won't have access to the streams. That's no, the yeah. point. No, 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 but what I'm saying, those those streams, those radio stations are still available. It's not on TuneIn or Global Player or wherever else it may have been in the past. It is purely now only provided by the BBC. Yes. And on the Echo, they have access to that as a built-in provider. Yes. So BBC Science is We've, built in, I've so it's never going to go away. I know. Yeah, but it's exactly not going, what I've been saying for a week. You're saying it's going away. It's not no, going away. No, you keep away. talking about tune-in. It's going away from places like that. It's been out of tune-in for months and months yeah, and months. Yeah, exactly. We are violently agreeing. Right. I hate you, sir. Well done. Excellent. I hate Mark, you Mark, too. have you missed us? <laughs> oh, so much. <laughs> Hasn't this been fun? Uh, well, let's talk about Mobile, mobile I love how he brings me in as a special guest off the beginning of the show just to not talk to me. It's great. Well, uh, you know, I, I love talking to you, Mark, and that's why you're here. So let's talk. Uh, mobile World Congress happened this After week. After a quick break. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> On Monday's show. Uh, no, let's talk because I, I'm intrigued by this. You obviously didn't get to go. I didn't get to go this year. I did get to go to Vienna. You were supposed to be in Vienna. We'll not talk about that. Um, but never mind. We we got back and Mobile World Congress happened in Barcelona. It's never. It's actually an event I've tried to get through to twice, and one occasion was the pandemic that killed it. Oh! And then the second time, it wasn't even on because of you know that thing called the pandemic. But it's back. It was in full swing. Yeah. Anything of note? Well, I mean, lots of things of note. The interesting thing about MWC, they're actually officially calling it MWC now. It is no longer Mobile World Congress. Um, it, the, the fun thing is, is that we see a lot of things that we will never get our hands on. And I'm not saying because they won't send us stuff. I'm saying because a lot of it is proof of concept stuff. 
Uh, let me give you an example, okay? Sure, there's a lot of new Lenovo ThinkPads. They're definitely, you know, changing that whole lineup, making better trackpads, enhancing the, the heat dispersion on these. Here's a funny thing, and we'll get to the things that won't come out. Um, one of the things they released on the new uh, ThinkPad, which is the X13 Gen 4, okay? They're now calling these Gen 1, 2, 3, 4. They've moved their heating disbursement so the fans are on the back of the device instead of underneath it. These are called laptops, right? They're yes. meant to be on your lap, yeah. correct? Why on earth would you put vents or a fan on the bottom in the first place? And that's been the problem I guess for so years. you can move it three generations later and say you've done improvements? <laughs> such a cynic. That's such a cynic. But it's a fair point, yes. I um, so lighter, lighter weight uh, OLED panels are, are, are showing up everywhere. Everybody's going OLED these days because it's brighter, it's cheaper, uh, and it's better quality screen, which is pretty cool. So, okay, let's, let's get away that's from... That's interesting. Cheaper. Yeah, let's... Let, let, well, because it was, because it was of manufacturing, more, more demand makes it cheaper yeah. overall. Yeah, I suppose, because it, it does seem to... Um, um, yeah, because one of those, it's one of those, I mean, we were waiting to hear about that coming into the MacBooks, but that's not happened yet. It'll come. Uh, yeah. All good things come to those who wait. We know Apple, Apple doesn't adopt that stuff first, first gen outside the gate. They wait for it to be widely adopted. And I think a lot of it has to do with a proof of concept. Let's make sure everybody else screws it up, you know, LN yeah. 7 yeah. Um, with battery technology. And the other one is, you know, let's wait till it's get it gets a bit more affordable. You know, yes, we're going to order billions of these. But at the same time, when the rest of the world is ordering billions, the cost does go down. It does drive the cost down. So that is something that Apple tends to wait for to make sure that it is ready. Ready and uh, for prime time in their products, but some of the fun stuff that um, we're not ever going to see the light of day, likely um, a new Motorola phone. Now Motorola is owned by Lenovo these days, um, called the Riser. Now this is a, a, a kind of flashback because they had a phone called the Riser many many moons ago. I think back in like two thousand eight or something like that. Um, it's basically a, a, a five inch screen phone that when you press a button on the side, a little motor whirs, and it goes up to 6.5 inches. So it unrolls an element of the screen as opposed to you folding a screen. So this is their take on a smaller form factor gets bigger when you want it. That's never going to be That's never going to be popular. Well, listen, I, th- I think anything that – unless some more mainstream Oops. companies start adopting some of these things, I don't think they're going to become popular. No. Um, you know, there's a couple other companies that have released folding phones that may or may not see the light of day. Oppo is one of them. And you know the, the concept looks great. Marquez Brownlee showcased one on uh, one of his YouTube shorts the other day. And it was a uh, folding form factor, just a traditional fold, but it folded nice and thin. Um, the, the crease was there if you look for it. Uh, but they had a nice big screen on the front when it was folded down that was the same uh, dimensions or the same uh, scale of a regular smartphone display. So it was able to show widgets and able to show miniature versions of things that were on the phone on the inside, which was kind of cool. So we do see things and do we see kind of proof of concepts that may or, or may not see the light of day, but at least we could see where the trends are going and what people are actually playing with, or at least what they want to tell us they're playing with, because we... There's definitely stuff behind closed doors that we don't know about. It's interesting, it's interesting you, you mentioned that because, you know, we know CES at the start of the year is really where we tend to see the prototypes and the ideas. I didn't think MWC was like that. I thought it was more the kind of the place where the companies would showcase what was next. You know, not, not all of them. We know that Samsung would generally not do that. They'll do their own events. Apple certainly won't do that. Uh, although I did hear Samsung had one of the biggest stands at MWC, so they were showing things, but they just weren't bringing anything new out. So maybe it is a chance for the, I always thought the, the I don't want to say lesser than, but the smaller companies to come up with. I, I think it's more new. of an opportunity for people to focus on mobile, like literally focus on that market and keep yeah. it there and not really stray from it. Lenovo is kind of an example of of straying from it, but these laptops that they're talking about are 5G connected, so they, they fit the mold so to speak. Um, there was an interesting concept from OnePlus. It was called Cryoflux. It, it looks like a little hard drive enclosure with a, with a red cable that extends from it with uh, what looks like a clamp that clamps onto a smartphone that's supposed to drop the temperature of your smartphone by 20 degrees Celsius. Oh, okay. In seconds. <laughs> that's handy. I mean, yeah. why do you, is it, is that for the Android phones that overheat constantly? It's for, it's for phones that are, that are used for gaming. It's using a thermo. Yeah, I don't get it. It's it's wow. one of these things that I don't think is going to actually ever make it to market. I mean, who who knows what you'd have to price this at? 
But when you're gaming on your phone, are you are you carrying around a big car drive enclosure with a cable? And by the way, you need to plug it in just to get power. I'd, I'd hope yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, I will, exactly I will say so. I could do with that right now for my HomePods first gen. I don't know if anyone else has got this problem, but they are really warm and they're doing nothing. Just sitting there and they are so warm. I need a cooling box no, for you, them. You've done something. You, you have one actually. It's called a freezer. <laughs> Throw them in. <laughs> Throw them in there. They'll adjust to the sound. Not while the plug in, just to clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> Huawei uh, has been playing with some pretty cool uh, mobile tech, you know, kind of. Uh, here's the thing. Remember the, the Huawei Watch Buds? It was a watch that you popped up on the screen and your, your earbuds were in there. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they've come out with a new watch uh, called the Watch GT Cyber, where the strap actually has a lot of the the components inside it. Mm. So um, it's not one of these ones where you're going to replace the strap very often, but the actual brains are in the actual strap itself. They actually call uh, this one of the marketing things says it has stainless steel movement. Despite the fact that there's no analog movement whatsoever in this device, <laughs> I think it's all solid state, which is which is very funny. Um, what else? Uh, you know, Honor and uh, Xiaomi, they actually have some high-end phones that they are showcasing. Um, the Magic 5 Pro, it's a flagship-level phone. It's going to be available for about 954 US dollars or 899 euros. Uh, you know, typical typical phone, Snapdragon 8 processor, uh, nice glass back. I mean, it just looks like everything else. But the interesting thing about this one is a 50-megapixel sensors, three of them on the back of the device in this circle, you know, circular-type array. So there's three cameras in a circle that bumps up. Very kind of strange. Uh, a 1.1 and... 1.122 inch sensor for the primary camera, three and a half inch optical zoom could be stretched to a hundred times, mani- sorry, a hundred X magnification. When did X become times or times become X? When did that change? Forever. It's always been like that. A hundred X. Aristotle said it, I think, once. A hundred times. Does anybody use math anymore? No. No, uh, we use honor, math. Honor. <laughs> Uh, they showcase also the uh, the Magic Five Pro, which is a uh, you know a, a plus a foldable device, which is going to be available in China. Uh, and, that, and the last one that really caught my attention was Xiaomi had a pair of AR glasses that they, while people weren't able to try them on, spec wise, they're apparently Clever. insane. They have a, a twelve hundred nit brightness mini LED display that sits in front of each eye. Uh, the glass itself can go dark or go or, or go transparent, so you can have sunglasses in them if you want. They have two cameras kind of on the outside of them. They look like Ray-Ban stories, but a little bit more futuristic, whereas the glass kind of goes across the, the, the whole, you know, from left to right. Um, no idea on pricing, but we're, you know, quite with the Snapdragon XR2 Gen processor. Um, they're saying it's the same power that's in the MetaQuest Pro. So... Hard to really tell if this is going to make it to market. Interesting concept. Still, I think a little bit too bulky for what we're all hoping these glasses are going to be one of these days. Oh, sorry. And the last thing, guys, mm. Nokia has uh, announced a repairable budget phone that they worked on with iFixit. Um, so it's one of the most repairable phones that exists on the market, available for just $205. Not sure if it's going to make it way to North America, but iFixit has teamed up with Nokia and they're going to offer kits to replace the battery, the screen, and pretty much all the components. Wow. wow. Lot There's on. a lot of information there, Mark. Well done. Those, those are the highlights. Is it, is, it, is it any harder to get excited by mobile phones? Still, uh, yeah, you know, that's what I'm thinking as well. They're so, so similar, difficult. right? And we're talking about, you know, the 1.122 inch sensor there. And it, uh, yes, it, it's cool. I think the folding aspect is sort of where where the most interest lies. But I still don't think it, it's it's mature enough yet. I think was it Honor or Hawaii, Huawei that have recently done a, a folding one? And the big news there was how they got the hinge down to containing only four. Uh, working mechanical parts rather than all the other folding hinges are like really hyper complex to get them to work properly. Um, And being able to actually fold out completely flat. And as you mentioned before about, you know, that crease being minimal. I I don't know. It still feels like there's a lot of compromises we're making with folding, but still, yeah. I maintain that still one of the best folding devices has still got to be the Surface Duo. Like if you get rid of that bezel and that and that divider between the two screens, you don't yeah. need a one screen. Just 
Chop them right up really close to each other. You don't need it. So what? You have a little line down the middle. I still think it's the best use of two screens um, because you get these big, 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 nice screens. Camera bump of the last generation kind of annoyed me because it was really nice to be flat when you flipped mm. it over to the side. But I think that is still, to in my opinion, one of the best executions of a folding device, even though the screen is not connected to each other. No, and the thinness we're getting with the bezels now, you know, the little border around the screen, yeah. is you can get these so close together that it, uh, the gap between them is, well, arguably better than having that slightly raised crease. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, I think that, that I, I'm curious to see what a Surface Duo 3 might be, if there is one. I know that these are still not prototype devices for Microsoft, but proof of concept devices. They do sell them and they all work quite nicely. But, uh, oh, man... Yeah, it's interesting. You, you hear them being talked about. We talk about them, but I don't ever hear anyone talk about using them. You know what I mean? It's like the, these devices mm. are the actually functional devices you could use every day when you think about it compared to your your smartphone and your computer, which you're more likely to go back to, right? I mean, most people either work on a laptop or on a phone, but not some hybrid. I don't think people have got around to that way of working because the problem is ultimately – it's a bit like the iPad problem as well. There's so much you can do on one, you always have to go back to the other. The issue between the iPad and the MacBook, you can't really switch one out for the other. You need to carry both. I think it still comes down to software. I think we're at a point now where the hardware is all caught up now. It really mm-hmm. is. I mean, look at I mean, look at the processors on the Apple side, okay? These processors have been in phones and in, in our computers for a very long time. And they're powerful, and we've seen with you know the Mac macbook pros and the macbook airs these are full fledged processors that could power a computer and power everything you need to get done if not more okay so the 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 chips that are in our devices and our ipads and in our phones are the same chips just tuned a bit differently they need to do something with the software to allow us to plug our phone into a keyboard and a monitor and just go and i don't know why this hesitation maybe it's kind of like electric cars where You've got an industry that's established, like the oil industry, that just doesn't want these things to take off and, and get off the ground. So maybe there's, you know, they don't want to cannibalize their own market on the laptop side of things. But I think for the mobile professional to be able to just plug in a keyboard or mouse and just go and have everything you need on that device. I mean, it's basically a Chromebook, right? I mean, everything's in the cloud anyway. Yeah. And I think these that, things I think are coming conscious... with one to four terabytes. It's a conscious choice, I think, by these companies not to go ahead and do it. Because like you say, the hardware is already there. We know reporting on Apple that the power inside an iPhone alone, you know, you could easily. I mean, these things are running almost. I mean, they're not quite on the iPhone yet running M1, but they're not far off it. And, you know, it is in some cases M1 by another name. So, you know, the power is clearly in there to do it. The capability is in there to do it. It can do everything else. It just, you know, like you say, if you could plug this in, and the closest we've seen to this in a functional way was Samsung's DeX software, which a lot of people might not yeah. realize if you've got that Samsung device. You can take a USB cable, you can plug that in to a monitor, uh, you know, or a docking station, and it will actually turn your monitor into a computer, you know, just off the phone. You know, you can plug yeah. a, key- a keyboard, a mouse, whatever, Bluetooth it in, and away you go. Uh, so Apparently clearly that the works really yeah. well. It does. Can I mean, we, uh, are, am I sticking around for a bit? Or are we? Are we? Uh, you're here are you kicking me you're off here, You're here for the day. If you want to be okay, here, good, you're okay, here. Cool, because I, I want to talk about Mac Pros after. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but I, I think there's, there's a lot of because I know what's coming. The Apple guy was laughing at me. No. No. I'm. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what's coming. I, I have a fantastic MacBook Pro. I can sell you. It's fantastic. It's got M1. It's the future. You know, M1 Pro. It's got RAM in there. Speaking well, of which, is that the one you were supposed to give to me at, in Vienna, or is that the was that the MacBook Air you were going to give so, to me? In so I had this Lenovo ThinkPad that wasn't working right. It very Lenovo very kindly sent it to me, and I couldn't get it to work, and I felt really bad about it because they'd you know sent it to me, and I'd contacted. Did you them. plug it in? I did. I plugged it okay, in, and I did it. Did, 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 you know, tried the off and on thing. You know, didn't do it, and uh, I, I thought something's definitely wrong here. So they very kindly sent me another machine which is the the x13 gen 2 which Oof. is a nice little laptop so that was oh. nice so th- thank you very much lenovo for sending that yeah but then nice i thought one. hang on this this t14 that they'd sent before it was kind of annoying me that it wasn't working so i took it to a local repair shop well i see i took it i mean someone else took it oh, hang on they didn't ask for the other one back they just sent you a new no one? no they said just just you know do whatever right so i said okay fine yeah, i mean as far as they were concerned it was dead so yeah, i but- 
when he when he gets it fixed, if he gets it fixed, then he'll send the one they sent him. Back. Absolutely, that will never happen. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it won't end so, up on some kind of resale. No idea what you're talking. No idea what you're talking about. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I, I take it into this local repair shop, as I say, you know, I did, and uh, the local repair shop calls me back and says, um, "Yes, yeah, working fine now." I said, "Oh, great. Okay, what was wrong with it?" They said, "Oh, the ram fell out." The ram fell out. Now, that would have absolutely nothing to do with me changing the hard drive. I promise you, it had nothing to do mm. with me opening the back up, taking the hard drive out, putting it back in again, and, you know, putting it all back together. The RAM had nothing to do with me. But the good, news is, <laughs> the good news is it's fixed. It's working. It cost me about $100 to be told. Uh, basically, the guy reseated some RAM. But there you go. So it's fixed. But this is, working. you see, that's the case, and that's the reason why a lot of these computers have soldered components. You know, my son came up to me the other day and he has a MacBook Air and he's like, if I wanted to increase the RAM, could I? I'm like, no, sorry. What about the storage? No, sorry. What about when I run out? Sorry, plug in a hard drive. Yeah. Uh, and and while I get the reason, you know, because it's easier to just make these machines and just solder things on the board, um, Stephen, you just made the case right there. Like for, you know, people go in and try to, you know, pop a hard drive out and you just... Create an endless list of problems for yourself, so, and sorry, all it was who, was a piece of RAM that you hit. Who created Steve. endless problems for themselves? Stephen. Stephen did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Stephen, Stephen. Yeah. So I, am, am I the reason that Apple solder oh. pieces? Is it solder yeah. or solder? Solder. Solder. I thought it was well, an I mean, it how you pronounce it, but it's spelled solder. And that's what confuses me. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're killing the planet with I your well, unrepairability. Yes, it's, it's all my fault. Well, it usually is. It makes There's no sense. reason you couldn't have soldered on RAM plus two SIMs that you could add on for adding on extra RAM. They don't do that because they think, want you I to. I think you mean solder. Anyway, moving on. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Soldered. So, Follow soldered. Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air. And subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Well, it's the usual happy gang together on a Friday (laughs) arguing over (laughs) words we don't know how to spell. Uh, Right, uh, let's talk Mike Pros then. Uh, uh, I knew I I nearly called you Mark Priest there. Sorry about that. Uh, Mark Aflalo. Yes, I didn't know you get married. Congratulations. (laughs) Wonderful news. I could see you two together shouting at each other. That'd be beautiful. Lovely beard, Mark's got. Get back in your shed! Why? It's like you get back to your shed and stay there if that's where you want to be. Oh, that's so close to it's reality. Like you're living with me, yeah? yeah. Why? Anyway, I can't bro. stand you in my dining room. Get into the shed. Stop not, it now. This is not Sean of the bed. Sean of the shed. I'm having a panic attack. <sighs> anyway, yes, Mike Pros. What's your What's your thoughts on the mark? I think I figured this out. I think I think I figured <laughs> out what the Mac Pro is going to be. Have you got a computer? Have we updated people on this? I honestly don't know where we are in this story. Oh, you had, a, you had no computer. Yeah. I had no. Do people care? No, no one cares. No one cares. I have but a laptop. We talking, We're all good now. Okay, you got a Mac. We're all good. Right? I've got a laptop. We're all set. Are we talking what? about the Mac Pro here or the Mac yes, Pro? No. Now, uh, I'm, yes. no. I'd like okay. to talk about the Mac Pro. Here's one. Mac okay? Pro. We we got a promise from Apple over two years ago that all their computers are going to be moved over to in, uh, from Intel to their own silicon. Liars. We have uh, kind of passed that point, and it has not happened. The most recent ones were the MacBook Pros, now with the M2s. But the Mac Pro, the the big boy Pro, that was reintroduced four Mac. years ago, yep. okay, where people can configure this to like thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, rack mount or, you know, with a $900 wheels. <laughs> um, has yes. yet to be updated. And we're waiting to see what's going to come out for that market. And this is always a market that's struggled because Apple just doesn't keep up with it. And I, I listen, it's probably a much smaller segment of their market. And I, it kind of makes sense, I guess. But I think I've collectively figured it out. I was having this conversation with a, a friend on another show. Yes, I, I moonlight. Traitor. And, uh, well, they, they, they have me back every week. Oh. Um, oh. It, okay. it's also we'll see how this goes. Yeah, special, exactly. special guest. I appreciate that. <laughs> My special special guest this week is Sean, Sean Aflalo. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> what? Uh, so so we, you see the Mac Studio that was released. So the Mac Studio has a footprint of basically two Mac Minis, right? It's a nice, beefier Mac Mini, mm. but it's a Mac Studio. It can go to pretty powerful processors and stuff like that. I think that we're going to see a variation of that 
that is going to be the Mac Pro. But but the biggest complaint is going to be, well, I want to put my own video card. I want to put my own stuff. No problem. I think Apple is going to build an enclosure. Okay. It's going to be an external mm-hmm. enclosure that connects via Thunderbolt 4 or Thunderbolt 5 to that Mac Pro. And that enclosure will allow you to put in extra hard drive, um, those afterburner cards, those video processing cards, those anything you want in this enclosure, okay? That'll be able to add on to your computer with one cable, and that enclosure itself will be powered by an M2 chip of some kind. So when you want to, you know, you, well, go ahead, sorry. No, I mean, I mean, why do you think it needs that much processing power in an enclosure? Surely well, it's just all about I the think, bandwidth. I think it's about... A, it's about the bandwidth, but it's also about offloading the processing, right? So if you're using this Mac Studio and you're creating great 6K, 8K videos and you go hit render, okay? If it pushes to this enclosure and the enclosure is what's handling all the rendering power, you can sit there and edit your next 8K video, build that new 3D model, use those CAD drawings without any impact whatsoever on what you're doing on a daily basis. So while it is an external enclosure that really works in conjunction with what you're doing. It's a second computer you're talking about here, It is a second computer, but it's a second computer that has those PCIe slots that has that expandability and allows Apple to not have to worry about building a whole new infrastructure, a whole new case with all this fancy stuff. They've got it there. It's there. It's got their high-end chips. Throw in more high-end chips. Add some fans. This new enclosure can have liquid cooling. It can have anything, everything you need. And it can just be added on. You could have a Mac Studio that you bought today and say, hey, I want to increase my power. No problem. Buy the enclosure. Do whatever you want to it. Plug in a cable. You're good to go. I think that's going to be the Mac Pro. Oh, I see. So it's not exclusively for the new Mac Pro. You're saying it no. Would I, be think, universally- I think it's going to be usable not only for the Mac, you know, the Mac Studios, but even the Mac Minis, perhaps. Maybe perhaps you can plug it into a MacBook Pro. I think this is the best solution to make sure that the pros have what they need, the functionality, while also opening up a whole new world to people who don't necessarily need that. Right? Like, imagine me, for example. Okay, my Mac Pro goes back in a couple months. Okay, so I need to figure out what I'm going to do on my desktop. I'll probably use my laptop for now. It's powerful enough. But imagine I could use my laptop, okay, and that's the brains where everything's located. And I could sit down here and with one cable connect to everything I've got, my mixer, my monitor, my what, with that one cable and get extra processing power. And then when I'm done, I unplug and I leave. Or I just put, you know, a Mac Studio or a Mac Mini on my desk and let that be kind hmm. of standalone. I think this I, I, might be where they're going with it. Stephen, discuss. Well, no, I think this is a good idea. I love this concept idea. Um, I think, though, it already exists, doesn't it? I mean, there are products from companies like Sonnet. There are docking stations that you can put devices into. OWC, I just bought one recently, an OWC dock, which has got the extra Thunderbolt capability and also the ability which to Which one did you get, the Mini STX? Yes, the Mini STX. Now, yeah. that obviously doesn't take... PCIe enclosure cards. Um, and that's the point now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but also exactly. that's the extra processing right? power. But that's where, that's where a company like Sonnet does do that. But I think that the Apple... Listen, they do Apple's that for not us, scared to copy right what other people do, right? They're <laughs> not scared to take that idea and turn it into their own. Yeah. Make a beautiful rack mount enclosure that can work on its side, that you could plug your slots into, that has the, the nice back. cheese grater. And it make it smaller. <laughs> it doesn't have to be big, you know? And it could sit in your desk. It could sit in a rack. You can still sell your $200 wheels. You can you can still do all this fun stuff. But it makes it even more you more utility. It sounds, it sounds more like you want Mac OS X server back. Nah, that's, that's kind I, of, kind of what never, it is. You know what? I I don't miss you know the only thing I miss about Mac Mac OS X server is is you know server functionality like mail and stuff like that. I don't really mm. care about that. It's really about the like honestly like my MacBook Pro the new one with the M2 Pro chip whatever. It blows away this Intel Xenon processor Mac Pro that I have in front of me. You know, it, it really does blow it away in, in a lot of different things. But at the same time, this computer is, you know, doing fine. But it's when you look at the price I paid for it, which was like twenty one thousand dollars and like that. Oh, and the fact it. that I could resell it now for nine hundred sixty. Um, so sad. But it's a full computer that I got. Like, imagine, like, you you got the laptop or you got the Mac Mini, and you're like, you know what? I need that expandability, or you're growing, Mm. or you're a smaller. It's a, it's just a a different path to get into what you want. No, no, Mark, 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 Mark. This is a fantastic idea. Basically, an Apple enclosure, right, with built-in off-board processing, right? Fantastic. Do you think they'd ever do that? For example, the, the Mac Studio. Why not? They have. They, they've got it firmware locked. You can you can happily uh, upgrade the SSD or uh, replace the SSD. You can't put a bigger capacity in there because it's firmware locked. If you 
buy a 512 gig SSD Mac Studio, uh, you can't replace it with a four terabyte one because it will not work. Do you think they would give you the opportunity to add an enclosure where you could add PCIe um, yes. hard drives? Uh, what, uh, what is getting around? I mean, this is Apple's thing, isn't it? Where they lock you in. You've bought a Mac Studio, you're locked into that. Yeah, if you but buy what if Mac Apple Pro, created that, though? If Apple created the hardware? Yeah, if it's Apple's own creation, I think that it's definitely... Because then they've yeah, got I the think... control over it. They've got the, the you know, it's what, certified where, to work with it. Where are you getting this from? Where where you see... What, what makes you come to this conclusion about an enclosure rather than the full tower again? Just with I just, a I just, just M1, in, M2 in uses... And, in use case and seeing what they're doing with with M2 chips powering everything that's coming out, I think this is the, the the most logical path of least resistance to give the pro users solutions that they need, while at the same time not reinventing the wheel. Is it also coming from the fact that a lot of people who are looking at the the high end, say Mac Minis with the M2 on board, even just just what we've seen already, the capability is there. The biggest issue, though, it seems with the M series chips so far is the bandwidth, as you said at the beginning, Sean. That seems to be the biggest issue at the moment. Do you think NASA's holding all this back? It might be holding back the desire to bring out this Mac Pro is that they haven't quite got the bandwidth, the power. Maybe we have to wait till M3 is produced to, to see if that's capable, because that seems to be the big issue. Thunderbolt Could ports be. are few and far between at the moment. It's not quite as capable of driving, say, as many monitors as people might want it to. So that suggests a, a bandwidth limitation, which might be halting the progress here. But if it's point. running on two two pieces of Apple Silicon and one, on one one to the other, I think they could fix it. Maybe maybe it runs on a fiber optic cable or some kind mm. of specialized some kind of specialized cable you've got to pay nine hundred ninety nine dollars for. You know, yes. Some kind of <laughs> well, that would Apple not be exclusive. unusual for Apple. <laughs> I need a special fifty dollars for it. Yeah. Just, uh, have you got uh, a Mac knows, Studio, Mark? Uh, no, no, no. I don't have the Mac Studio because I've had because I have the Mac Pro, um, and it's it's on a lease, so it goes back in July. Uh, I didn't do the Mac Studio because I was in the need for a laptop at the time. So I'm kind of sitting between. Like, I, my, my main computer on my desk in my office is that Mac Pro, which still yeah. serves me just fine. Like, I mean, it rests. For what I'm doing, for what I'm doing, it's it's perfect for my needs. It's overkill in terms of the price I paid for it when I paid for it, especially looking at the market now where a Mac Studio for literally half the cost completely blows this computer away in terms of performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, you know, I, I have things like the Afterburner card, which help Excel graphics. Um, you know, it has the the uh, NVIDIA or the AMD Radeon, the graphics processor. You know, and the so ability to change those out and expand upon them and put in... Which I've never done, by the way. Like, I've, I've, never, <laughs> I've never opened up this computer. Like, I mean, I have 192 no, gigs no. of... I have 192 I gigs of RAM, okay? So that's that's lovely. What do I have? It throws a 3.2 gigahertz 16 core processor, so you can easily get a comparable M2 Pro at this point, M2 Max, AMD Radeon Pro uh, W5700. I mean, Nvidia's latest 4090 is 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 more than capable. 192 gigs of RAM. I mean, you can't configure a Mac Studio that high, can you? Not that no, high. I think no, so. No. I think so. No. Yeah. Um. And, and and hard drive. Like my hard drive on this one, I think I got the at the time. Is it four terabytes? Yeah, I got four terabytes. And funny enough, I have three and a half terabytes free, which is surprising (laughs) for me. But that's because I use an external drive for all my important data. Of course. Yeah. Can I geek out for one second and tell you what I did this weekend? Mm -hmm. So I reconfigured my network a little bit in my house because I'm preparing for three gig internet that is now available in my area. So why not get it? Of course. Yeah. Three gig up, three gig down. So um, the way I had things set up before, and I apologize to people who are out of tune out right now, but um, I have a 10 gigabit network in my house, a small one. So I've got a little 10 gigabit switch, which means that from my Mac Pro to my storage array, um, they're connected at 10 gigs so I can work off of it, like literally work off 4K files like it's a hard drive. I've now got another switch in there, a new 10 gigabit switch that allows me to double up on both the storage array and my computer. So I now have a 20 gig connection between my storage array and my computer. Can you max that out? So 20 gig, that's gigabits, right? <laughs> that's faster so t- than the hard drive. <laughs> <can spin. laughs> we're talking, in real terms, we're talking a, a max throughput there of, of two gigabytes a second, right? Is that how it works? Uh, no, this is 20 gigabytes a second. Oh, no. This is not 20 gigabits a second, are you? Really? This is giga- gigabytes? 
Oh, now you're now you're now you're you're uh, yes, you're I am toying with yes. my brain. <laughs> I think it's going to be gigabits, and then so that that like I say in, in real terms, that's that's still two gigabytes a second, which is huge. I, I yeah, fantastic. How you do yeah, that over insane. network is amazing. It's insane. My, my my son is like, "What are you doing?" I'm like trying to explain it to him. He's like, "Why are you doing that?" I'm like, "Because I want to. Because <laughs> yes. I can. Simple as that. Because yeah. I want to." Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is the thing, you know, software is trying to keep up with hardware and I think that they're not doing a good enough job across the board. And I think that, uh, you know, internet speeds and stuff like that are getting to the point now where it's just ridiculous that things that we can do. So, uh, this is, this is what I think the new Mac pro is going to be. I think they're going to, I think they're not going to come out with a full fledged tower with everything built in. I don't think it makes Why? sense. You I heard I, it here first. I think they will. It might be the last one, but I think they will come out with one at least. <gasps> Stephen disagrees with you there. I, I, I would, I would say that they will, because at least the, the form factor's done. They don't have to go and create something new. They just have to build the M series, whatever it is, M2 or M3, mm-hmm. build into it the existing. Yep. And, and obviously it gives people what they want. But in the M factor, you know, the M the style M factor. or the pro factor, as they call it. So, you know, at least then you've got that option. But maybe down the line, I think they might change their mind on that. The problem with Apple is they change their mind so many times. When it comes to Pro, I mean, we all remember the utensil bin that passed for a Mac Pro, and you know, I still everyone, have that. It still works quite well. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you know how well that was received. <laughs> you want to save that? That'll be worth a fortune one day. But that's the whole point, though, isn't it? That the, I still use that computer. That's my that's my like streaming computer. That's what I use for. Uh, yeah, you've got it in a Zoom wardrobe streaming plex or something fantastic. It sucks in dust, by the way. The trash can there. <laughs> but that's the still point. The, the biggest complaints about that was the expandability. It was a nightmare. Um, so I think Funny you have, enough, I, though, I did expand it. I was able to expand my SSD on there because it was user interchangeable. Yep. The RAM the RAM was upgradable. The RAM and the SSD were upgradable. Yeah, but you can do that on any laptop. I mean, that's hardly pro, right? I mean, we were talking about yeah. PCIe cards and banging well, you in can, lots you of You can RAM. do that in the Mac Pro and not in that one anyway. No. Um, but, but what's interesting is my dad's old computer, which I got in 2007 model iMac, and it still runs pretty much perfectly. I mean, obviously, it can only go so far with the OS updates, but you know, still runs great to this day. And that was that was used. That was the one you could unscrew just below the screen. You could unscrew. Well, do you, you remember the Mac? I mean, the there. MacBook Pros. I remember the MacBook Pro that had the the battery that was removable from underneath. It just mm-hmm. popped out, which was great. And then they had one where the whole bottom was removable, and you could upgrade everything. Yeah. I mean, the right. Mac Mini, you could do that. Your Mac Mini, you could upgrade your RAM right away. Like, I upgraded yeah, the RAM. That was, that was so easy as well. Well, yeah, but, uh, yeah that, the RAM was easy. The hard drive, you had to pretty much dig yeah, into. Dig it. Into you know, it was like it. digging into the soul of the earth. Yeah. But, but I think with SSDs, that's the thing with, with solid state everything, right? Really, the only components that could die on these computers, the fan and the power supply. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, those are the things that can go, and those are easily replaceable. Yeah. True. Yeah, so if software supports it, which in most cases they should for quite some time, these computers should run you a really long time. Like the Mac, the trash can is still like, other than the fan, which is, is still going strong. Um, this has been running me for, I got it the first year it came out. No issues, good speed, like good performance. So mm. you heard it here first. Well, speaking of the future. Apart from the other show you were on before us, all right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here second. You heard it here sort of first. Um, I okay, might have posted so, it in the podcast room. <laughs> at least tweeted about it and posted something on YouTube. Yeah, other, other than all media. that. Yeah, other than all that. Um, what about this? Intel and Microsoft are apparently hinting at Windows 12. The as yet unannounced Windows 12. Um, there's a leaker who's out there who's known apparently for revealing the full specs of Intel's Xeon chips before launch and has published details about Intel's Meteor Lake desktop platform. Intel reportedly mentions internally that its next-gen CPUs will support Windows 12. Is that a surprise? I mean, would that be... No, is that even news? Come on. If, it would be bad if it said it didn't. That would I mean, be I'd be surprised if I said they weren't working, uh, if they were said they were working on Windows 27. But I mean, yeah. if <laughs> yeah, they're not working on Windows 12, what on earth are they doing? Doesn't the surprise come from the, I'm not even sure if this was officially announced, that Windows 10 would be the last Windows. Well, Is I remember that, that, actually that was Windows or? 10, wasn't it? Was that not, they, they yeah, said yeah, Windows 10 would be the last ever Windows and that Everything was else would just be feature updates. You would yeah. never get a new uh, version of Windows. I, I actually yeah, but like. there was a lot of there was a lot of pushback, and this was around the time when everybody was moving to the subscription model. 
there was a lot of pushback about people who just want to be able to buy the software and keep it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who didn't care about the subscription. So I think that led them to backtrack a little bit. And that's why they're still keeping the numbering in there because they need to be able to sell a commercial copy of like Windows 11, for example, and say, okay, here's what you get, you know? I like it anyway. I get excited when there's a new version of Windows. You know, new Vista, when Windows 8 came out, it's all Vista, new. come it's, on, are you kidding? Well, it's all terrible Vista. for the first whatever month or year. Oh, no, no, no. And, 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 Vista was terrible from the day it was announced no, until the day it was killed. It was pretty it was bad. All right. Can I upgrade from Windows XP to Windows 12? Uh, um, not for free. I mean, you pay, yes. <laughs> you pay money. You can I heard there's a workaround. No. Um, <laughs> well, well, I, I kind of thought you could just move up, the, you know, just go from, okay, now I'm at 2,000. Okay, now I'm at 7. Yes, now slowly, eight, slowly. Just well, gradually move that, up. There was that thing, wasn't there, where they extended the up, update period, was it from Windows 8 to get yeah, a free yeah. version of 10? Well, they're but determined to, to get people onto 11. Yeah, yeah, but for the longest time. But they, they put a cutoff date on it, and then there was that workaround where if you went to this accessibility page and ticked, I yes. am blind, or I oh, use yes. accessibility software, still, yeah. then you could still get it for free. It's like, wow, suddenly everyone's disabled. It's I had to beautiful. Say, yeah, the number of disabled people was, I think, almost the amount of same people who were on the planet. It was incredible. Everybody was disabled that day. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. But yeah, I mean, look, obviously new features are going to come out all the time for Eleven. And then we're going to see maybe Windows 12. I think I'm always intrigued by the AI side of it because if OpenAI and ChatGPT and all these things that are coming, is all of that processing being done centrally through, I guess, data centers somewhere else? I mean, is that where all the work is being done? Nothing's being done on the system, right? Because it does apparently take a lot of energy to and a lot of processing power to obviously well, there's do a lot of this compute, AI. right? There's a lot of compute for it to read its language model and stuff like that. But yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, mix... Of that, like uh, I think that a lot of work has been done on the uh, assistant side. Like if you look at Siri or you look at um, what does Microsoft have? Anything? Okay, um, if you look at Google Home or Alexa or all that stuff, Flippy. they're um, they're already on device. There's an element of them that's <laughs> on device, right? That work offline. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, that's so what I'm think- intrigued by. How much of that can be done? Because obviously the machines have a lot of power in them now. So could some well, of that on could could some of that power be brought onto the machine? And kind of almost 50-50 share the power between that and the data center. Maybe it's like with the smart speakers where some of the, you know, what time is it or whatever else, or even smart device control can be done Mm. on device without sending your voice command to be processed to the data center. Maybe it'd be the same with AI. Some of the opening apps or whatever, searching for files, which AI could utilize and make much better on your system could be done locally. But for anything else where you're asking it to write a story about whatever would have to be done you know, in the data center. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I feel that in the future, the Windows 15, for example, is just going to be a, a, a search window and that's going to be it, just a search box. See, Nothing else. books were the future after <laughs> yeah. all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, with the, listen, with internet capabilities and, and wireless internet capabilities becoming so fast, um, it doesn't make a difference where you are. Like I, I'm traveling in a couple of days to vacation for March break and I'm, like worried that I'm not going to have good internet. But from what I understand, it's like same thing as here. You know, it's gigabit quality internet. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can really work from anywhere at this point. I mean, minus like wow. Nigeria. Well, that's the thing. I, I know. It's a whole new world, isn't it? We're talking about gigabit internet a connections. I mean, world. I'm still on 56K here, bald modem. My <laughs> yeah. US robotic speedster. You yeah. still have to get that phone on the actual modem itself, right, for it to connect? That's right, yeah. We just <laughs> hope that no one picks up the phone and tries to make but a call. Here's a question for you guys, though. <laughs> how, the show. How, how, do you, how do you envision AI like ChatGPT or equivalents integrating into operating systems and to phones? This is where I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of curious what that integration is. I see the potential. I use it now on a daily basis. Like, I'm using... ChatGPT, I'm testing out the new Bing, um, uh, and I'm using it for things like writing writing search engine optimized titles, mm-hmm. writing um, summaries for full transcripts of things, um, generating keywords. Uh, I tried to get it to write an Excel formula for me, and it didn't quite get it right, but I was able to, in natural language, at least get it to start creating something that I, I would have yeah. probably had to find framework. a bit more technical speak for. Like I was yeah. trying, here, here's what I was trying to do, okay? For scripts on TV. I was trying to create an Excel, an Excel document where I would type the script out in a cell and automatically it would calculate what 
based on my reading speed, so I would enter my reading speed of 100 words per minute, how long whatever I put in there would take me to read. Okay. Simple, right? Hmm. Like the goal is so that at the end of the day, I could write a script and I could say, okay, well, I speak 100 words per minute. Steven speaks 90. So based on what I type in here, this show should be 22 minutes. Yeah. Sounds sound yeah. simple enough. Yeah. Not because of calculations for time. And Excel yeah. was just not, and I was, and, I, and then I said, after I was trying to figure it out myself, because time is just, you know, 60 seconds instead of, instead of one over a hundred, it's one over 60. You know, it's very simple. You'd think that this would be an easy calculation to do. Now, while the calculation was, I managed to get that right, it was unable to really display the time in a way that I wanted it to display the time that made sense. And it was confused all over the place. So there's still a lot of work to be done there, but I was at least able to use natural language to try and explain what I was trying to get it to do. The fact that you can get close to it, I think is the exciting bit. You know, you're, you're kind of getting closer to, and clearly these language models are picking up all the time. That is everything you are doing, everything that people are doing to you know, use this system is all building up the way that we'll do it. It's in the same way that, you know, with smart speakers, although in a much more intelligent way, if I'm honest, because instead of just asking the time in a different language or a different accent, you know, and it's picking up from that and that's how it's figuring out how to improve. This is doing it on a much bigger scale. It's using this to build new language models to, yeah. you know, to, to also soak in more information to, to find out what the gaps are in its Have knowledge. Have you seen some of the um, people who are not hacking, but at least trying to tie <laughs> ChatGPT into Siri? Oh yeah, I've been watching. We yeah. actually we did some we did some yeah, of that the on the, on yeah. the show. Yeah, we were talking about that, and it's interesting. Uh, have you tried it? Have you seen how it's actually working? Because it's actually quite phenomenal. Like, oh, it, it is. Really, yeah, you know, yeah it does it's, work. It's, it's insane. And it does City work. Shortcuts seems to be the the well, way to get into that. It's a that. programming language, like it's a yeah. dumbed down programming language, right? So you can you can link it to the API ChatGPT. And the funny thing is, though, behind the scenes, if you watch some of these videos and just go online and search ChatGPT uh, Siri. All it's really doing is it's just talking in normal language in the behind the scenes to ChatGPT. Mm. It's saying, you are a smart home assistant. I have seven rooms in my house. Each room has a light. This room has this. Respond based on this information. And it's able to do it. Amazing. Can you imagine if they brought out a smart speaker, uh, uh, open AI smart speaker? I mean, that would just destroy everything to, else. It's going to be there. It's going to be in the next iteration of Siri. If this is not in Siri... At WWDC in three months from now, I'd bet mm. my life on it. I don't, I don't think it will be. Oh, absolutely. There's going to no, be some I, element I, of this. There's going to be some so. element. Unless Apple can buy them out. Um, no, I, I don't think it's that. I think they've got their, their minds elsewhere at the moment. I don't think this is a priority for them at all to build it up, make, make Siri better. They've never really promised it to be the smart speaker equivalent to Google. They're trying, though. They've always, they've always tried, but without without really talking about it. You know, by 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 upgrading the home app and, and that whole infrastructure and with things like matter and, and thread and th they're making moves without really talking about it. Mm. I feel that, that we're this, out of time. I'd love to oh, talk. Yeah, more. Sorry, we're out of time. I gotta go. Shut yeah. up, mate. Come on. <laughs> Move on. You're your guest. Back tomorrow. We've got more from Zero Project Conference coming up. Guess. Some conversations we didn't more. get a chance to get to uh, this week on the show. So they will be on tomorrow on the weekend edition. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Sean. Thank Have you. Have a great weekend. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.